There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. our show i miss you so bad <laughs> five seconds not even <laughs> how are you my darling i'm good how about you i am well i am well i really truly have missed your face so uh, fucking bad i feel like it's been 800 years since i've seen you and it makes me sad well you see it every tuesday no matter what i don't believe you lies and propaganda okay <laughs> Okay, I don't even have a reply to that, so. <laughs> Hi. So I'm right. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How was your day today? It was okay. Uh, Moose's daycare is currently closed due to a COVID case, so Nick was home with him, and while he's been home with him, he built the swing set or play set that we got for Moose for his birthday, and oh my god, okay, first off, it is so much cooler than the one that I had when I was a kid, like level up times 10 and it's so cute it's so cool i'm jealous it has a fucking telescope on it like a wheel and a picnic table and like all the shit nice yeah and then we caught a bunch of fish after i was done with work i can't wait to play in it pretty baller we can have like a tea party in it or something i can't wait for that shit i'm really excited because we are tea party experts and Moose has not had the opportunity to have a tea party with us yet, so we're going to need to change that, definitely. How was your day? My day was really crazy. My day was insanely busy, and I feel like I have been going since 6.37 this morning. <laughs> it's been that day. I honestly didn't even... I don't even think I really ate lunch today. I'm not saying I didn't eat today, but like I think I had like four oranges throughout the course of the day <laughs> yep i feel those days it was just it was insane but really productive and got a lot done especially because last week i was trashed it was insane i was covering for someone else on the team and it was just i got really behind so today i really got caught up and i was really excited about it and also I finished our notes for today, which I'm really excited about because I put a, a lot of really cool ideas into this episode. So just foreshadowing to that, I know we're not there. I really did get a lot done today. So there. Nice. Yes, ma'am. I just need to say that I'm super fucking sick of allergy season. 
Yes. Cheers to that. Also, uh, I just need to say that yesterday I submitted my final project for my final class of my associate's degree. I'm officially done. You know, I was going to make a Twitter post about it, telling people to congratulate you, and then I completely fucking forgot like a moron. So I am (laughs) sorry. So dear listeners, if you follow us on Twitter, Celeste's handle is it's underscore me underscore Celeste with There's three E's in there somewhere. I don't know where. No, you're doing so good. It's M-E-E underscore Celeste. You were so close, though. (laughs) There you go. Please go congratulate her. She deserves it. It is a huge accomplishment, and I know she's going to crush this next step. Again, if you would like to reach out to me on Twitter, that is I-T-S underscore M-E-E underscore Celeste, C-E-L-E-S-T-E. You are welcome to reach out. Absolutely appreciate everybody's love and encouragement. And I am very much looking forward to the next step. I have like three gen eds that I just have to get out of the way. And I'm going to do them the really like cheap route because why wouldn't I? And then I get to start my bachelor's in the spring. So, yay! Speaking of love and encouragement, I think we have a shout out that we want to uh, do. Would you take the honors? I would be absolutely honored to do so. We would love to give a big, wonderful, beautiful, love-filled shout-out to our girl, Kayla. Kayla is a listener of ours, and we have the absolute pleasure of calling her our friend. She sent us the sweetest, most beautiful, most amazing little care package of good things, and oh my goodness, Allie, what was your favorite part? of the care package from Kayla. The drawing of us, and I'm jealous of my drawing's hair. (laughs) She, so Kayla is an amazing artist. Oh my God, beautiful, beautiful artist. And Ellie looks at the caricature of us and she goes, I want my hair. (laughs) It It was amazing. We got a bunch of other amazing things within that care package, but that skill, Kayla, is so amazing and I'm so blown away by how awesome that is. Thank you so much. It was so thoughtful and yeah, really just incredible. I wish I wish I could have screenshot Celeste's face when she opened it because it was point on. On point? Point on. <laughs> point on. Point on. <laughs> Why is that like a fox hunter saying? I feel like I should have like a little musket. I also want to call out my favorite thing because you didn't ask because it's fine. My favorite thing was the wine glasses. Kayla hand painted wine glasses for us with like little lilies on them and they're stunning. Oh my God, they're so beautiful. And I made the like happiest little squeal when I opened the one with the pink flower on it, which I claimed right away. Don't you, don't you dare worry because that one's mine. But it makes me so happy and they're so beautiful. And oh my God, also our shirts, our shirts that say, fuck you, you fucking fuck. (laughs) Yes, girl, shameless all day. And the cute little spider candle holders and the Starbucks cups, which by the way, Celeste then had to explain to me what color changing was because she assumed I didn't understand what color changing meant. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, you said, <laughs> you said, what? 
when I said they're color changing and I, you gave me no inclination that you understood what I meant given the expression you were making and the tone in your voice, I truly thought you meant that you didn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> yes, I made it 35 years without understanding the color changing concept. And here we are now. <laughs> also, random side note. I don't even watch Letterkenny, and now I will always say it that way. To be fair. To be fair. I love Letterkenny, and I just really absolutely fucking appreciate everything about that show, to be perfectly honest with you. That's what I appreciate about ya. It'll probably be like Trailer Park Boys, where one day I'll eventually just get it and like it. It's so much better than Trailer Park Boys, though. It's a lot more sophisticated than Trailer Park Boys. The humor is. It's still stupid fucking humor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But comparatively... It's more sophisticated humor. And I love Trailer Park Boys. TPB forever. Like, seriously, Bubbles is the love of my life. I am not ashamed to say that. But <laughs> but Letterkenny is just something of its own creation. And it makes me incredibly happy. So those are two shows that I am familiar with a lot of drinking occurring in. On that note, would you like to tell me what you're drinking tonight? I would love to. I would be honored. I am drinking a beverage from the Fermentatorium. Here is the can. That's super cute. Yeah. It's called Juice Packets. It is a juicy IPA. Would you like to know why I chose this beer today? Yes. Because today we're continuing our conversation with pregnancy. And women who are pregnant can only have juice packets. Nice. Yeah. So there. Um, it is described as a juicy India pale ale featuring Amarillo and Citra hops. This unfiltered IPA is packed with citrus forward hops to make it juicy yet approachable. We then aggressively dry hopped it with more citrus hops to add an additional layer of fresh citrus and mild piney notes. Please drink this beer fresh to enjoy with the best possible flavors. Mmm, juicy. Okay. Who the hell is drinking beers stale I'm not, for the best possible flavors? I'm not quite sure. I'm not really 100% positive. I was confused by that also, so thank you for saying that. What are you drinking over there? It's called Hawaii Five Ale. Oh! <laughs> I actually love it! I bought a pun beer. How how is it? Does it taste good? It does. It's delicious actually. So it's by I think it's called Dusta Hill Brewery. It's a blonde ale with pineapple, coconut, mango, peach, and guava. Fruity, juicy, and tropical. Mm, that sounds amazing. Hmm. Ooh, I will just redo this. Our fruity and juicy blonde ale will quickly transport your palate with a taste of paradise. Tropical flavors of pineapple, coconut, mango, peach, and guava are balanced by smooth maltiness. One sip and you'll be singing the song of the islands. Aloha. Support flavor, boycott bland. Aloha. Yeah, and it is delicious. It's refreshing and it's not heavy at all. I love that. That sounds amazing. I would ask you to save me one, but I really don't trust you to do that, so... I'll have to find one myself. I would ask you to bring one over, but that would never happen. <laughs> You're not wrong. <clears throat> well, 
Dear Allie, today we are going to talk about phase two, pregnancy. Bum, ba, da, bum. You already did the bum, ba, da, bum. I can do more than one trumpet noise per episode. No, you're looking at me to do something, but you already did the bum, ba, da, bum. Oh. Woohoo. Why can't you bum, ba, da, bum? <laughs> the bang, the bang, diggy, diggy. <laughs> One bam boom. <laughs> okay. All right. We I need to. It was like three different songs. We really did. We really did. And then all of a sudden my brain said, Black Betty, Black Betty. <laughs> I was singing Kid Rock. I have no idea what you were singing. There's so many things happening. I can't. I can't. I think I spent so much time researching pregnancy brain that I have like symptoms of pregnancy brain right now. I really feel that way. So please be gentle with me throughout this episode. So let's dive into it. Let's do that. Before we get into it, I would like to read the disclaimer for this episode and our Girls Just Want to Have Fun series as a whole as we continue moving forward with this series. This week's episode will have a content warning as we will be discussing topics related to pregnancy that may be triggering for some listeners. Allie and I want everyone to hear us say that we support everyone in their journey to have a family, in whatever that means to you, our listener. We empathize with mothers who have faced infinite scenarios simply because we are mothers, and we hope you empathize with our scenarios as we will be sharing them with you throughout this episode and this series as a whole. Being a mother is so many things. Incredible things. Hard things. Tragic. Weird. Lonely. Things. But above anything, being a mother can be a beautiful thing, and that's how we intend the following information to be perceived. Allie and I are in no way presenting any of this information in this episode as medical professionals. Above any advice we may give, please always do what is right for you and consult your doctor with any medical questions. So without further ado, the Taboos team proudly presents Phase 2, During Pregnancy. Excellent trumpets, baby. So, let us begin with the definition of pregnant, shall we? The definition of pregnant is having a child or young developing in the uterus. So there's a fun fact definition also. It also means full of meaning, significance, or suggestive. Like, as in a pregnant pause to mean a very heavy pause. So I thought that that was fun too. Mm-hmm. So the first section we're going to start with while we talk about this is for anyone who doesn't know, pregnancy can be broken down into three trimesters. This information came from womenshealth.org. As I really put this together, I thought it was really important to talk about both what a mother experiences Well, I also thought it was important to discuss what your baby's experiencing. I don't think that it's correlated enough, the two going together. I really think that it's put upon mothers to do this research themselves, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I always encourage higher education for yourself without question, especially on a topic like this. But I think from a societal perspective, there is either the mother's side of pregnancy or the developing fetus side of pregnancy. And I very rarely think that the two are talked about synonymously, which is fucking stupid because guess what? The reason you're experiencing the mother's symptoms are because your baby is experiencing the baby shit. Like, why would we not talk about those things together? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So let us do this. 
The first trimester, which is considered within week one through week 12, quote, during the first trimester, your body undergoes many changes. Hormonal changes affect almost every organ system in your body. These changes can trigger symptoms even in the very first weeks of pregnancy. Your period stopping is a quote-unquote clear sign that you are pregnant. Other changes may include extreme tiredness, tender or swollen breasts, your nipples might also stick out, upset stomach with or without throwing up, mood swings, and headaches. Heartburn, cravings, or distaste for certain foods, constipation, need to pass urine more often, and weight gain or loss. Quote, as your body changes, you might need to make changes to your daily routine, such as going to bed earlier or eating frequent small meals. Fortunately, most of these discomforts go away as your pregnancy progresses, and some women might not feel any discomfort at all. If you have been pregnant before, you might feel differently this time around. Just as each woman is different, so is each pregnancy. I'm not sure of any women who have never experienced any discomfort at all. Have you ever heard of that being a thing? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. You have the women too who didn't know they were pregnant, who might have experienced discomfort, but didn't think it was anything beyond like normal stomach issues that they would have otherwise. I guess they still experience discomfort in that manner, but meh. Interesting. Okay. I appreciate you validating that. Yeah, I do know people who really didn't experience anything. Cool. So let's talk about your baby during this time frame. Again, 1 to 12 weeks. From 4 to 5 weeks, the brain and spinal cord have begun to form. The heart begins to form and arm and leg buds appear. At 8 weeks, all major organs and external body structures have begun to form. Your baby's heart beats at a regular rhythm. Arms and legs grow longer. Fingers and toes begin to form. Sex organs begin to form. The eyes have moved forward on the face and eyelids have begun to form. The umbilical, um, why is this a hard word for me? Umbilical. Umbilical? Um, no! Um, umbilical? Umbilical! <laughs> the umbilical cord is clearly visible. And then at 12 weeks, the nerves and muscles begin to work together. Your baby can officially make a fist, which I think is like so cute on the little ultrasounds when their like little fist is up. Oh, they're just little, so little getting ready to box i know they're always so cute external organs show if your baby is a boy or a girl a woman who has an ultrasound in the second trimester or later may be able to identify the baby's sex eyelids close to protect the developing eyes they will not open again until the 28th week that i did not know and i thought that that was fucking fascinating Mm -hmm. head growth has slowed and your baby is much longer now at about three inches long your baby weighs almost one ounce so here's my question before we move on to the second trimester what was your first trimester thing like what was the thing that you remember so specifically about trimester one um <laughs> you don't have anything no i don't really remember it in a linear timeline all i remember is I ate a lot of fucking mandarin oranges. <laughs> you did eat a lot of mandarin oranges. You did on everything, too. I do remember that. That and egg rolls. Yep. Moose was going to come out an egg roll. We had money on that. What about you? Uh, My thing was I was 
immensely ill. I was immensely ill. (laughs) I was so sick. I couldn't keep anything down in my first trimester. I lost 35 pounds in my pregnancy because I literally couldn't keep anything down. Jesus. And most of that weight was lost during my first trimester. Everything turned on me except peanut butter. Tiny just wanted nothing to do with anything that I had to eat. Toast, crackers, even the anti-nausea medicine from the doctor. Throw it right up. Yep. I was nauseous often, but I only ever threw up twice. So I got super lucky. Oh, that's so fortunate. I fucking hated those nausea mints, though. Yeah, all of it's gross. The meds are gross. The fucking prenatals are gross. Oh, my God. The number of times that I threw up prenatals... I literally just stopped taking them because I couldn't keep them down anyway. And coming back up, prenatals are 10 times worse than they are going down. Just skip it. Just don't. You'll be fine. So yeah, that's literally all I remember. So that was fun. (laughs) Thanks for recapping the first trimester with me. While we talk about trimester two, if you can search, I'm going to ask the question again. So just like try and come up with maybe a different answer. Okay. Okay. So the second trimester is from week 13 to 28. Quote, you might notice the symptoms of fatigue are going away, but, um, small side asterisk, no, the symptoms of fatigue never go away, just so you know. No. Nope. You're pregnant. You now have fatigue forever. Other new, more noticeable changes to your body are now happening. Your abdomen will expand as your baby continues to grow, and before your baby has reached the third trimester, you will begin to feel your baby move. As your body changes to make room for your growing baby, you may have body aches such as back, abdomen, groin, or thigh pain, stretch marks on your abdomen, breasts, thighs, or buttocks, darkening of the skin around your nipples, a line on the skin that runs from the belly button to pubic hair, patches of darker skin, usually over the cheeks, forehead, nose, or upper lip. These patches often match on both sides of your face, and it's called the mask of pregnancy. I haven't personally ever seen that, or if I have, I didn't know what it was. Have you ever heard of that before? Um, I've heard of it, but I don't really notice or care about people's hair, so... I don't think I've ever noticed it. It's not. It's not a hair thing, Allie. I thought it was the darkening. It's a skin thing. Oh, I thought it was their hair. A darkening of their hair. (laughs) Yeah, like how you're... You're not listening to me, as I said, on their forehead, nose, or upper lip. (laughs) Yeah, you said upper lip, and that's where I totally, my brain just went, yeah, hair, lip hair. to me oh wait now you're making me think that the line down the middle of your stomach is also your skin and not your hair and now i'm just superseding all of my what i thought was knowledge beforehand over that no that line down your stomach is not hair that is a specific line that only comes from pregnancy yeah i totally thought of hair darkening though and not skin <laughs> well i'm a moron hi you did it yourself. What was that? You like did the claw machine like at yourself. My brain literally just took what you said 
and took it in and said, yeah, here. <laughs> because it goes away. And for some reason, it didn't connect to me that it was skin. So to answer the question, I have heard of it, clearly thought of it wrong. And if I have seen it, if I've seen it, I haven't actually noticed it. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I channeled my inner poppy for you. Okay, moving on to other things that might happen in the second fucking trimester. Numbness or tingling hands called carpal tunnel syndrome. Itching on the abdomen, palms, or soles of your feet. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. And it's like the kind of itching that it doesn't even matter if you scratch it. It still itches. It's the kind that's like under your fucking skin itchy. Did you ever experience that? Yeah, on my abdomen and I hated it because I hated how my skin felt at that time. Yes, because you have a stretched skin thing. What? (laughs) I think we maybe that was me in our tattoos episode. I don't remember. I'm going to just move on. There's a small medical asterisk that says, call your doctor if you have nausea, loss of appetite, vomiting, jaundice, or fatigue combined with the itching. These can be signs of a serious liver problem. Okay, although that advice is valid, I wrote my own asterisk that says, or they're signs that you're definitely still pregnant, just so you know that too, okay? Like, don't freak out about it. Those are all very fucking normal pregnancy symptoms. If it's extensive and concerning, yes, talk to your doctor. But please don't think that those symptoms aren't normal. Swelling of the ankles, fingers, and face. If you notice any sudden or extreme swelling or if you gain a lot of weight really quickly, call your doctor right away. This could be a sign of preeclampsia. So I just want to like take a second really quick and say that preeclampsia is real and it's really scary. Don't risk it. Get it looked at if you have concerns. As far as what's happening with your baby in the second trimester, at 16 weeks, muscle tissue and bone continue to form, creating a more complete skeleton. Skin begins to form. You can nearly see through it. Fun fact, this is like one of my favorite fun facts. This is a Celeste fun fact that I put in here specifically, so I don't have a quote on it, but I love this because I know this. Did you know that the face is the final part of a baby's body to form and the face actually comes around your skull in two halves and meets in the middle and that's what our Cupid's bow is. It's like a little face zipper. Little face zipper. Yeah, that I knew and it's still super freaky. I love it. I think that's fucking fascinating. Like, and face zipper. I will never not look at it that way. And it makes me so happy. I'm the smallest face zipper ever. (laughs) You do have a really small face zipper. And I have like, I have one. It's like really, it's really deep right here. So my lip is like extra fucking pouty and fat and full because it's like, it dips like a spoon. Like if I stood in the rain, I bet that my Cupid's bow would like collect water. Moving on, meconium develops in your baby's intestinal tract. This will be your baby's first bowel movement, and it's fucking gross, just so you know. Mm -hmm. Your baby starts making sucking motions with their mouth, aka their sucking reflex. This is how they'll eat later. 
Your baby reaches a length of four to five inches and weighs almost three ounces. At 20 weeks, your baby is a lot more active. You might feel slight fluttering. Uh, For anybody who hasn't felt it yet and who might not be familiar, it sort of feels like gas, honestly, like floating through your intestines before like a really legit fart, except there's no fart. That's what flutters feel like, right? Yeah, I'd say it felt like air bubbles. Yeah, that's how I can describe it. Like you definitely notice when it stops being so confusing, right? Like of was that my body or was that my baby? But in those first few weeks of just starting to feel the flutters, I remember specifically thinking like, shit, I'm really gassy and I don't know why, especially because I was only eating peanut butter. (laughs) I didn't have anything in my body to make me gassy. And I remember asking my doctor because I was really concerned about it. And he was like, no, that's definitely your baby. And I was like, cool. Good talk. (laughs) See, the weird thing for me is like, I don't feel that often in my body. So as soon as he started moving around, I knew it was him immediately that's fair my stomach is normally just chill so as as soon as he started moving i was like this is fucking weird there's a living creature in there then he decided to just start kung fu fighting at 2 a.m i do remember all the kung fu fighting (laughs) your baby is covered in fine downy hair called lanugo and a waxy coating called vernix this protects the forming skin underneath Eyebrows, lashes, fingernails, and toenails have formed. Your baby can even scratch itself. Uh, Public service announcement, baby snails are fucking deadly. Yep. So just watch out. They are vicious and sharp and they grow back in like 2.2 seconds. Like you can blink and suddenly your baby will have talons again. So just know that. Yep. They're also atrocious to cut. So atrocious to cut and your baby will wiggle. Figure out how to do that shit while they're sleeping. I swear to God, it will be the best thing you ever do. Your baby can now hear and swallow. Now, halfway through your pregnancy, your baby is about six inches long and weighs about nine ounces. At 24 weeks, bone marrow begins to make red blood cells. Taste buds begin to form. Footprints and fingerprints have formed, which I thought was really cool that at 24 weeks, like, you already have your physical identity. I think that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Real hair begins to grow on your baby's head. The lungs are formed, but they do not work. And for anybody who is ignorant enough to think that babies have gills, they don't. What? You've never heard that before? No. Nobody's ever said that to you? No. Oh, my God. I think anybody who's stupid enough to say that to me knows to not say that to me. Um, okay, well, maybe you just don't speak to enough people in the general public because I know so many people who are convinced, convinced that babies have like a fucking gill mechanism while they're in utero. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I mean, I just confused hair and skin, so. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. The hands and startle reflex begin to develop. Your baby sleeps and wakes regularly. If your baby is a male, his testicles will move from the abdomen into the scrotum. If your baby is a female, her uterus and ovaries are in place and a lifetime supply of eggs have formed in the ovaries. I wanted to just add like a small personal moment. So here is me stepping onto my soapbox. Regardless of the sex assigned to your baby at birth, no one can confirm the gender of your child other than your child themselves. 
be ready for this and be the fucking parent. That's all we ask. More to come later this year. Stay tuned. Your baby stores fat and has gained a little bit of weight. Now at about 12 inches long, your baby weighs 1.5 pounds. Now here's me asking you about your second trimester. (laughs) I remember, I'm pretty sure the ultrasound happened in the second trimester. I mean, the big thing for me in the second trimester was him beginning to move and me feeling it. So like that was the big call out there for me. But the other big thing was the ultrasound experience because it was just so different than anything I've ever experienced before and I won't ever forget it. I love that. Okay, so I've always wanted to know this. Did you and Nick know or was it secret from you guys too? No, you did know, didn't you? Yeah, we kept it secret from ourselves for like three days or something, if that even. (laughs) Three days? Yeah. And the uh, ultrasound tech was so much fun. She was like, so what do you think you're having? And I told her, I thought, I thought at the time it was a boy. And she's like, why do you think that? And I told her, I don't know, I just do. She's like, okay. She's like, what do you think you guys are having to Nick? He's like, I'm just going to say a girl just because. (laughs) That's so Nick. She's like, okay. And that was that. And then they put the pictures in the envelope. (laughs) Well, one of you is right. Yeah, 50-50 chance. And I'm pretty sure we were going to try to wait longer and then, yeah, okay. That didn't happen. I told myself something similar. I was convinced that Tiny was going to be a boy. I really was. I was like dead set. And then one day just something completely changed and I woke up and I was like, no, this is a girl. We're having a girl. And I got my ultrasound and I did the same thing. Where I was like, I can't, I don't want to know, I want to wait. And then I remember my mom looked at me and she was like, okay, but how are we going to decorate the nursery then? And I was like, fuck it, I need to know. I need to know how to decorate. (laughs) I need to know what I want the nursery to look like. So then I needed to know the theme and that was like part of her gender. And I love the theme that we went with and it actually ended up being like sort of part of her and her little identity. So that makes me happy and I'm glad that we found out. I just wanted to know to know. I think I did too, but I'm really obvious about my reasons of why I wanted to know. <laughs> my kid would have gotten the same nursery no matter what. So That's true. I do know that to be true. I wouldn't though. Tiny had elephants. Because obviously, like, elephants are my favorite animal. But also, uh, had she been a he, I had the cutest little dinosaur set picked out. Like, I had the cutest dinosaur nursery ready to fucking rock. It was going to be amazing. Her nursery was just as amazing. But I needed to know. Like, I had plans. Okay? And in my life at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of things. So my nursery and my plans for my nursery was like the highlight of my existence at the time. So I'm not even ashamed. (laughs) So lastly, the third trimester, week 29 to 40, quote, you're in the home stretch. Some of the same discomforts you had in the second trimester will continue. Many women find breathing difficult and notice that they have to go to the bathroom even more often. This is because the baby is getting bigger and it is putting more pressure on your organs. 
Don't worry, your baby is fine and these problems will lessen once you give birth. Some new body changes that you may notice in the third trimester include shortness of breath, heartburn, swelling of ankles, fingers, and face, shout out to preeclampsia, concerns still being entirely real, don't lose sight of that shit, hemorrhoids, tender breasts, which may leak pre-watery milk substance called colostrum, your belly button may stick out, shout out to Allie who likes belly buttons. Trouble sleeping. Oh, yeah. Salty about my belly button and pregnancy. Oh, your belly button did stick out. I remember that. Yes. And I loved my pretty baby belly button. (laughs) I remember your super cute belly button. I didn't have that. I am not. I'm mine like got flush. My belly button got like completely flat. So I didn't have a belly button, but mine never stuck outward. Actually, that's a lie. I have like scars from my belly button rings. And when I was pregnant and my belly button was flush, the little scars, I had like two little swollen scar tissue spots that stuck out. That that was what my belly button situation was. Contractions, which can be a sign of real or false labor. Even if you feel a difference, they all fucking hurt and they all fucking make you think you're going into labor. Even when you're broken and contractions don't cause pain, they will still make you think that you're having a baby right then and there. I am one of those women. I don't feel contractions. There's something wrong in my spine. I don't have that. But I knew when I was having contractions because I could feel the muscles moving. And I definitely thought I was having a baby every single time that fucking happened. As you near your due date, your cervix becomes thinner and softer, called effacing. This is a normal, natural process that helps the birth canal and vagina to open during the birthing process. Your doctor will check your progress with a vaginal exam as you near your due date. The final countdown has begun. It's the final countdown. Thank you for going there with me. Not a problem. Your third trimester baby, week 29 to week 40. At 32 weeks, bones are fully formed, but still soft. Kicks and jabs are forceful. The eyes can open and close and they are starting to begin senses. Changes in light so they can like sense light. Lungs are not fully formed, but practice quote-unquote breathing movements occur, which I thought was really cool. I didn't realize that babies started to practice doing that in the womb. Yeah, neither did I. Perhaps why some people think they have gills? I don't fucking know. Idgets. Idgets. (laughs) Your baby's body begins to store vital minerals such as iron and calcium. Linago begins to fall off. Your baby is gaining weight quickly about one half pound a week. Now your baby is about 15 to 17 inches long and weighs about four to four and a half pounds. At 36 week, the protective waxy coating called vernix gets thicker. Shout out to our behind the bar episode where one of my first thoughts in seeing Tiny after they placed her in my arms was the cottage cheese that was on her face. That's vernix. Give her back. Give her back. Just, just, it's not a good time. Just let them clean her and then give her to you. Okay. Just don't kiss her with that shit. It's just, just don't just, just let them clean her and then give her to you. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Hold your baby. But for real, it is gross. (laughs) Body fat increases. Your baby is getting bigger and bigger and has less space to move around. Movements are less forceful, but you will still feel stretches and wiggles. Your baby is about 16 to 19 inches long and weighs 6 to 6.5 pounds. 
the last section is 37 to 40 weeks and it started with a marker at 39 weeks so I wasn't really sure why they labeled it that way but here we go at 39 weeks your baby is considered full term your baby's organs are ready to function on their own as you near your due date your baby may turn into a head down position for birth most babies quote-unquote present head down if they do not it's called breach At birth, your baby may weigh somewhere between 6 pounds 2 ounces to 9 pounds 2 ounces and may be 19 to 21 inches long. Most full-term babies fall within these ranges, but healthy babies come in many sizes. So I wanted to just take a second and play a little game. Do you want to play a game? Do you want to play a game? I would love to play a game. I'm also shocked that you didn't say it. Oh, never mind. You don't really watch super scary movies. I was thinking of the guy from Saw. Do you want to play a game? Or no, he says, I want to play a game. Never mind. Please continue. His name's Jigsaw. And I didn't, I don't want to say it like that. And also we're talking about babies. So no. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not go there. Let's play a game. Okay. So the game is Baby Weights. Baby Dimensions. I don't know what to call the game yet, but let's talk about some baby weights and dimensions. How big were you when you were born? Do you recall? Were you there? Do you remember? Oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> it was a sunny July. <laughs> it's a bit earlier than we expected. I have no idea how long I was, but I was two pounds, two ounces. Just the widowest, tiniest owie. Yeah, I was a blue baby and I was three months early. Hello, world. And now she's the most magnificent, stunning, five foot ten, amazing, wonderful, beautiful thing you've ever seen. You're welcome. The part of me that didn't get a chance to develop was the part that counters the sarcasm, clearly. (laughs) Had I cooked longer, maybe I'd be normal. The world will never know. (laughs) We won't. And that's why I think you're perfect, just as you are. May I ask, do you know the dimensions of Moose and Nick? Because, like, that's part of the game I want to play. Can we can we put you and Nick together and see how you averaged out a baby, that math? I don't know Nick's exact weight and length, unfortunately. I know he was a big baby, though. Wasn't he, like, an 11-pound baby, roughly? Yeah, somewhere around there, 10, 11. And how big was Mr. Moose? Moose was 9 pounds, 11 ounces, and he was 22 inches. And that's why we call him Moose. <laughs> That and a few other reasons. He was always going to be Moose, but I mean, it doesn't hurt that he is just a big boy. He's been 100% the whole time he's been on this earth. Real. How about you? How much did you weigh and length when you were born? I don't recall my length, but I was 9 pounds, 10 ounces. I was a fat, happy baby for sure. And for anybody who has ever seen my mother, my mother is like a pixie-sized human being. So I was quite literally a bowling ball leaving that woman. And I almost killed her, (laughs) which isn't funny. But also, I was so fat. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Love you. Appreciate you. And Tiny, actually, when she was born, was not that tiny Which is crazy because her doctors have always made the joke that she was the biggest when she was born. She was born at 8 pounds, 12 ounces, and she was 21 inches long. And even though she was still really healthy, she lost weight. She ate like crazy, but also she just didn't gain weight. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
and she got really kind of small and then she stayed kind of small and she was still really healthy, but she's a tiny human. She's a tiny, tiny baby. It's a little teensy baby. (laughs) She's perfect though. Indeed she is. Do you remember? I forget how old they were, but do you remember when we had Moose and Tiny stand next to each other and he was like exactly half her height? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That image will never leave my mind. It makes me so happy. Okay, so thank you for playing that game with me. Of course. So the next section of this episode that I think is really important and sort of fun is titled. Are you ready for this? Yes. We think nine months is bad. And I got the following information from treehugger.com. Oh, oh, can I make a guess? I think I know where this is going. Yeah. Never mind. I don't want to take away the surprise. No, you can absolutely. Go ahead. Elephants. And? What? Oh, never mind. What? (laughs) Hyenas. What what are you doing? I just made an assumption that we were talking about gestational periods, and I thought that I remembered elephants had the longest one. Okay, all of the things you said are right, but I don't know why you came at me with elephants. (laughs) Instead of saying all the things you just said, which is how people communicate. I don't know if you know that, but complete sentences and full ideas is really how communication happens. (laughs) Oh, and you claim we have telepathy. (laughs) But Jesus, you got so excited and then I didn't know what was happening. I panicked. (laughs) We are talking about gestational periods for animals because I really think that this is fascinating. And also because I'm the little animal planet junkie. That's true. And there was actually some really interesting perspectives that I gained from this research. So we're going to talk about that after. But let's get started on some gestational periods. You are correct. Elephants have the longest gestational period of all mammals, carrying their young for 18 to 22 months before giving birth. Icarumba. No, thank you. Quote, long development periods are highly common among highly intelligent animals. Since elephants are the largest living and biggest brained land animals in the world, there's a lot of development for elephants to do in the womb. End quote. I love elephants, just so everybody knows. They are one of my two favorite animals and one of my two spirit animals, and they make me so happy. So if anybody has any Save the Elephant sort of foundations, fundraisers, any sort of fucking thing, hit me up. Allie almost adopted an elephant one year for my birthday. Oh my god, that was amazing. I didn't even know you could do that. I want to do that. I'm going to do that at some point. There's that. What, what is this face you're making? You may be getting an email on your birthday. <coughs> Jesus. <coughs> Dear me. <coughs> Dear future me. Edit that out. That scream that just broke everybody's ears. <laughs> Did I get an elephant? Did you adopt me an elephant? <coughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh my god, I'm going to have a panic attack. <laughs> yes. <coughs> Obviously, that's not the part that's not here yet. I got you something, just a small like thing I can give you too, but that's all like a digital thing. But yes, you're getting an email on your birthday. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Oh my god, do I get to name her? Does she have a name? Does is it a she? What is? What can we? Oh, what do I know about her? You don't get to name it. I'm not gonna tell you what the sex is. They have their own story that you'll find out. Oh, I'm so excited! I just I'm gonna have a baby, and a baby, and a baby. 
I'm sorry I told you super early, no. but I also didn't want you to think that I got the idea back from this. <laughs> oh, I stole the idea from when you said the thing. It reminded me of that great idea. <laughs> uh, I was like, Jesus Christ, really? <laughs> Your face was so misleading. You did. You gave me the worst eye roll that I've ever seen you do. Like that thing was intense. And I was like, whoa, what happened? Because my brain was like, really, out of all the places you could have gone, you went there. <laughs> I was so excited. And please don't be sorry that I know ahead of time. I'm so fucking excited. That makes me legitimately so happy. I'm going to fucking sob my face off when I get that shit. So just everybody needs to know that. If anybody has interest in me recording that, I don't know. Maybe that's your thing. Who knows? But I will if you want that. But oh my God, I'm so excited. I love you. Thank you. That's the best, most meaningful, most beautiful birthday present anybody's ever, ever, ever gotten for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm going to be an elephant mom. Oh, they're pretty cute. Okay, so now... Anyways, please tell me more. Let's talk about other types of babies. We'll get right now. So whales and dolphins, quote, Although all species have different gestation periods, orcas have the longest period among dolphins at about 17 months. Some sperm whales, the largest living predators, have been known to carry their young for 19 months. Shout out to the sperm whale that haunts my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Black alpine salamanders. Oh my God, these guys are so cute. I never want to touch one, but they're cute. Quote, <laughs> amphibians that live in the central and eastern Alps and give birth to live young. Their pregnancies can last from two to three years. Depending on the altitude at which the salamanders live, they typically bear two fully developed young. This salamander's life expectancy has been estimated to last from 10 to even 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Excuse me, though. Pregnant for three years? Just kill me. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely no thank you. This one made me laugh a lot, so I'm going to try to get through this one. Did you know that a female donkey is called a Jenny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's what made you laugh. <laughs> okay. So, did... <laughs> I love you, Jenny. I just can't help it. I can't, I can't help it. And I went to, Jenny, I've got your number. <laughs> I'm so sorry for any Jennies out there. We really appreciate you. And I'm so sorry for this really unfortunate moment. <laughs> so a female donkey typically gives birth to one foal after about a year after mating. But some pregnancies can last 14 months. So if that isn't enough, 5 to 13 days after the birth of a foal, the Jenny can go into what's known as quote-unquote foal heat, and she can be bred again. Oh my god. So she was just pregnant for 14 fucking months. She gets a five-day break, and she's pregnant again. That poor donkey. Sorry, Jennies. Next up is a rhinoceros. 
Quote, it may not come as a surprise that rhinos, because of their size, are next on the list with a gestation period of about 15 to 18 months, depending on the species. This long gestation period is also an obstacle to replenishing the population. All five species of rhinoceros are endangered or considered valuable, and three of the five are considered critically endangered. Mm -hmm. So really what I thought was super interesting about all of those gestational periods is that honestly we don't even make half of those and i also recognize that treehugger.com specifically said the longer the gestational period the more intelligent the animal so i think it's really interesting that babies are really one of the only living young that are born completely useless (laughs) like seriously though very true it also kind of makes me wonder the impacts of being a bipedal 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 i think it's i think it's biped mammal of being a bipedal mammal and carrying the weight that we do versus walking on four legs and carrying that weight i wonder if like the gestational period is less damaging or less impact to their bodies in that manner i don't know just thought you mean because there's less impact on the spine and pelvis specifically because their belly hangs down yeah i would think there's a better center of gravity and everything yeah that's actually really interesting and i really i really would agree with you on that i think the thing that i'm taking away from that section specifically is that seriously katie and i were talking about this this weekend we were talking about this exact research and something that i said that really stood out was these animals are the smartest animals on the planet and humans really think that we've got something going for us the only thing that puts us at the top of the food chain compared to any of these creatures is truly our thumbs and our ability to communicate so quite honestly we need to really just take a second to acknowledge that animals are incredibly fucking intelligent and the proof is just simply in that it takes 22 months to cook Come on! That's some real brain function. That is not just wasted space. That's, I don't know. Animal Planet, go look at some shit if you don't believe me. This is a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Nature is crazy. So I just thought that that was kind of a fun little sidestep into a different perspective of pregnancy that I thought was an interesting take. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is a pregnancy checklist. So this is something that I personally put together. And if you have anything that you wanted to throw out there on the checklist, I absolutely welcome you to do that. But these are things that I wish that I would have known were important rather than if you go Google a pregnancy checklist, you're going to get 5,000 return searches on a bunch of shit that you don't actually need. And what it really comes down to is what you do actually need. There's a bunch of frills and there's a bunch of fun stuff without question. But if you're not in a place of needing frills or fun stuff and you really just need to get through some shit, here's what I recommend. So I'd like to start by saying you need an OB who listens to you, makes you feel safe, validated, and one that you trust. Or you need a midwife who listens to you, makes you feel safe, validated, and one that you trust. Like that's that's where you should start this journey period. Yep, definitely. 
The next thing I suggest having ready is a birth plan. Research your options, no matter what type of delivery you decide to have. Make decisions about what people are going to do to your baby in the first few moments of their life while you are rendered completely useless to what strangers are going to do to or put on the most precious thing that you've ever done. Make choices that are well-researched, but ultimately best for you and your family. So when I say that shit, I'm talking about like decide if you want the medicine put on your baby's eyes that's only necessary if you have signs or symptoms or diagnosis of hepatitis if you don't have hepatitis you don't need that shit on your baby's eyes it's just then procedure do you really want to go through with that or not that's a decision you get to make talk about your birth plan with your ob or midwife often make sure that they know exactly what you want and there is no question did you have a birth plan? Yep, and my callo is be willing to throw it right out the window. Allie is not wrong. However, have one because if you don't have one, you have no choices. If you have one and you have no choices as a result of what is happening, that's a different story. So really, both perspectives are super valid and I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, really my birth plan was don't get an epidural, uh, try to not get induced, <laughs> listen to music, mm, have a baby. I completed one of those things. Yeah. Enjoy the experience. I had one of those things. <laughs> I left with a baby. <laughs> so flexibility is key. Agreed. Thank you for adding flexibility to the list. No problem. Next on the list is a hospital bag. Have this ready after the first time the thought crosses your mind. Do not put this off. So if you're at the grocery store one day and you're like, oh God, I should pack a hospital bag. Do it that day. Do it that day. Just get it done. Get it done. Be done with it. Put it somewhere. It doesn't matter, but get it done. A hospital bag should include things for mama and baby. Anyone else can leave and come back if they have to. Sorry, dads. Pack your own bag to be ready. That is actually like really helpful and that would be greatly appreciated to have a dad bag ready. But again, mom bags have to be their own thing. Did you have anything specific in your hospital bag? Just comfy clothes and like books to pass the time that I didn't read. I had the same fucking thought. I had um, sp something that I wrote on here because it was something that I had and I wish I had done a little bit differently, but I still appreciated having was I had gotten my own hospital gown for what I later learned to be after delivery, but I wore it for my delivery. So my hospital gown that I packed for myself was completely ruined. Because that's what happens when you have a baby, that you, you ruin everything that you're touching at the time, in case you didn't know that. Really, though, I do recommend bringing and having your own hospital gown, even if it's just for the sake of having something that feels human. The hospital gowns are itchy and shitty and not great. And also, like, you will feel so inhumane after this experience. You'll just want things that remind you, like, you are a human. Like, I can't explain it because it's not a bad feeling. It's not, it's not like an emptiness. It's just a complete physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And then it just sometimes feels good to have on your own shit. I just want to say that out loud. That's definitely a good call out. 
I am not somebody that cared about it due to like the situation that was my experience. However, Nick had to leave and go get me socks and I really appreciated having non-hospital socks. Girl, real. Honestly, just pack non-hospital clothes. Like, and I'm not saying that hospital clothes are bad. They're not. They're just they're mass produced and they're bleached and chemically processed a million times over like just get your own shit just be comfortable really seriously because everything about this experience is uncomfortable just get the underwear that are comfortable get the pants that are comfortable get them several sizes too big so they're comfortable just be comfortable that's really what i'm trying to get at things that i specifically wish that i had had in my hospital bag were a journal a longer phone charger because the only fucking outlet was on the other side of the room for some fucking reason Mm -hmm. a nail clipper i broke my fingernail so bad and jagged and it was terrible and i like cursed out everyone for not having a nail clipper in a fucking hospital that was annoying chapstick dry shampoo gum and honestly something that i really recognized was something that smelled comforting i'm a big scent person you know that to be true about me but everything in a hospital smells sterile everything And sometimes even when they give you your baby back, your baby smells sterile. And it's just nice to have something that smells like home, especially, like I said, to just make yourself comfortable. And even if that's like a perfume or a blanket or one of your favorite essential oils, it doesn't really matter. Just something that smells comforting. I promise that when you are exhausted and everybody keeps fucking with you at every fucking hour of the day, you will just want a place to escape and sometimes that's just a matter of smelling something to escape too that's a real thing do you have anything that you wish that you would have had in your bag (laughs) that phone charger is a legitimate call out (laughs) like the longest cord you can bring an extension cord just do that just bring an extension cord a nice 40 footer because i swear to god the only outlet that they are going to give you is going to be on the other side of the room So I wanted to then transition into some myths that come with pregnancy, myths about pregnancy. And I actually resorted to some of the wonderful women on our Facebook and my Facebook personally for help with these myths. Are you ready to debunk some myths? Yes, ma'am. I'm finger gunning at you. Can you see it? Can you? Mm -hmm. I'm ignoring it. Pew, pew. Dana C. said, the necessity of birthing classes. I didn't take any and people told me I was crazy. They started to get into my head and by the time I started looking into them, I was too late. I rocked that labor like a champ. Women have been having babies for how long and birthing classes have been a thing for how long on top of that? Don't sweat it. You have a nurse to guide you through everything paired with your natural maternal instinct. You got this. I also didn't take birthing classes. No, I could not imagine a more uncomfortable setting for myself. Agreed. The only thing that I had specifically about, I actually wrote this down in my special guest notebook. I had two things that I wanted to call out about the birthing classes. One being birthing classes can be a great place to find reputable and really reliable midwives and doulas. So throwing that out there for anybody who is having a hard time finding a midwife or doula that they would like to work with. 
seriously, birthing classes are a great place to find resources like that. The other thing that I recognize that could be great about birthing classes is actually the social aspect of them. Because like, let's be honest, being pregnant is actually one of the most isolating and lonely fucking things that there is. So I think that having that opportunity to meet other pregnant women would be the other benefit to a birthing class. I agree. Plus, if the idea of birth really scares you, do one. There's no harm in it at all. It's just not a setting for me. Yeah. I think Dana's point is that it's not required and nobody should make you feel like it is. Agreed. 100%. The next myth I have labeled as tender boobs. Gina R. said, no one warns you about what happens when your milk comes in and your boobs feel like painful cement bricks and that breastfeeding can actually be just a painful, cracked, and chapped nip torture experience. I spent all my time worrying about labor and preeclampsia and not feeling her move enough. Those were all fine. No one warned me about my boobs, man. Mm-hmm. Gina went from an A cup to an E cup pretty much overnight. Holy fuck. So my myth is actually based on the breasts get tender, quote unquote. Tender is real, okay? I'm not discrediting that at all. However, I really don't feel like medical professionals talk about how that spectrum really looks. Mm-hmm. Tenderness is sometimes a good fucking day. Because the opposite end of that spectrum is excruciating pain. Yeah. And that's not talked about enough. The next myth that I have is titled, People are nice to or celebrate pregnant women. Megan N. said, quote, Everyone says pregnancy is so beautiful, but no one tells you how nasty people without kids can be to you and how judgmental they can be if or when you have a hard time. So I really just want to call out that like real people are not great to expecting mothers. They're really not. It's always about the baby. It's never really about the mom, which I think is really gross, actually. They have a baby shower and all of that shit. But like at the grocery store, people aren't really asking about you, the vessel. They're asking about the baby. They People only care about the baby. I really think that that's a thing. I was lucky in that I didn't experience it a ton, but I did experience it. Another call out is like, I remember one time, literally the one time when I was very heavily pregnant and no longer had ankles <laughs> that I used one of the pregnant parking spaces for like women with children or women expecting children at a grocery store and I got the nastiest look from a couple that didn't have a child with them. I was like, my ankles don't exist. Do you not see this? I just need to get bread and make this as least painful as possible. I also wanted to give a shout out to Megan who is currently expecting and we wanted to send her extra love and light and thank you for sharing your experience. I cannot wait to see that beautiful baby of yours. So thank you for sharing your journey with me. I really appreciate you. The next myth is based around the quote, I don't know how you do it. Shout out to our badass warrior bitch episode because I honestly said something really similar in that episode. Leah T said, quote, Being a first-time mom or a mom at all is a wild ride. It's even worse when some married people pretend they have a perfect marriage and they pass judgment while in that special tone, I just don't know how you do it. 
That was a sarcasm, just in case anybody wasn't sure. That was sarcasm. The next myth is pregnancy is beautiful and you should feel lucky. This one specifically got me really worked up. Lizzie P said, everyone tells you how beautiful pregnancy and or you are and that you should be happy that you're pregnant or you get shamed for talking about how hard your pregnancy or pregnancies are because others aren't as fortunate and can't have children but your feelings are valid. No one's pregnancy is the same and only you know what and how you're feeling. Your OB knows what's best for you and your baby. They have the medical training, but always trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, advocate for yourself. And then my girl Ashley responded with, I second this. I was shut down by someone who was a family member struggling with infertility for complaining about my pain and insomnia because, quote unquote, I should be so lucky. I really wanted to just take a second and talk about that. What are your thoughts about this? I can see where both parties are coming from. Pregnancy is in no way, shape, or form beautiful. It is beautiful, but it fucking sucks also. And like nobody tells you and is willing to discuss that it fucking sucks also. And I can appreciate that there are those out there struggling with infertility and that hearing people struggle through pregnancy triggers responses due to the hurt in their journey. But one person's infertility journey doesn't invalidate another person's pregnancy journey. And I think that's something that we need to separate. And it's very important to do so because that's true with anything in life. One person's experience doesn't invalidate another person's experience, period. I really appreciate everything you said and you said it better than I could have because... I immediately jumped to the defense of how fucking rude and how fucking inappropriate. And yes, I understand that it's coming from a place of pain and hurt, but I really just recognize that you said it a lot better and a lot more delicately than I would have. So I'm going to just leave it at that and say just bravo. Sometimes I say things. Sometimes you say things. The next myth is you'll get your body back. Okay, when? Exactly. Sandra S. said, quote, Peeing. Even now that my bladder is strong enough that I've never piddled by accident sneezing or coughing or laughing, but while I was pregnant, I was terrified of bladder leakage. Shout out though, because that shit's real. And if you pee while you sneeze, cough, or laugh, that's super fucking normal. And welcome to the gang. We have secret handshakes and really great beverages. You can sit with us. The next myth is size matters. Hannah H. said, quote, that you'll get huge. I literally had someone argue with me about my due date because I was smaller than her, end quote. That was absolutely asinine to me, but equally as asinine as this next comment, because this was, this is just on the other end of that spectrum of, again, size matters. Ashley A. said, quote, I felt this pressure not to gain weight because a close friend of mine said multiple times how she had gained 60 pounds with each pregnancy and that I just have to come to terms with it. My family members also significantly gained weight during pregnancy. I was definitely judged for staying active and, quote, not eating for two. What I really recognize about both Ashley and Hannah's perspectives in this is, Honestly, the size of your bump is nobody's fucking concern. As long as you and your doctor have come to terms with the fact that you're healthy and on the right track, nobody's opinion about your size matters. 
we're literally judged if we're too big or too small during pregnancy. It's insane. We're judged if we're too big or too small at any point. Why would pregnancy be any different? I just don't understand what the right size is. No, I agree with you. And I really hope that in people hearing us say it that way and ask that question, other people recognize how fucking stupid that sounds. Because I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Because Ashley has another quote later, which we'll directly come back to in this point. The next myth is about ADHD. This came from Kel also. Shout out to Kel. I have to do it in the way that she told me to say the words. So everybody, here we go. This is me being Kel. I was told if I fly on a plane while being pregnant, that's how kids get the ADHD. End quote. That was amazing. (laughs) Kelly, be proud of me. I love you. The next myth is about stretch marks. So this is my girl Ashley again saying, quote, don't spend tons on stretch mark prevention creams. They aren't proven and you can't fight the genetics or growth of your baby. Coconut oil can help keep your skin moisturized, but no amount of money can prevent them. Embrace your stripes. I just want to just take a second to just highlight what Ashley said specifically about you can't control the growth or genetics that your child has received. So why in the fuck would anybody be arguing about anybody else's size? Like, I can't control the growth of my baby, you fucking idiot. Okay, there was that. I mean, you can. That's why they test for gestational diabetes and such. But, I mean, there are limiting factors, essentially. I'm sorry. Is the size of my belly your business? Yes or no? No. Okay, that's my point. Okay. But you just said you can't control the size of your baby. I meant as in my baby belly. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. (laughs) Moving on to the other half of this stretch marks comment that says, on the other hand, Celeste says, I'm Celeste. Hello, it's me. I'm here. Quote, I am quoting myself because I'm an asshole. It's fine. Embrace your stripes actually hurts my feelings as it relates to my body specifically. Not because I don't love what they represent, but I don't love them on my body. I will not ever fucking lie about that. I hate them so much to the point of shame. And sometimes that's okay too. That's normal. And you're entitled to those feelings also. Own your stripes or don't. But either way, your feelings are valid. Do you have any thoughts about stretch marks to share? No, because I like mine. (laughs) You are entitled to like yours. I love that you like yours. I just feel bad that you don't like yours. I don't. They hurt my feelings. They really do. I hate them on my body. Again, I love what they represent. I love that my body was able to create a human being. And I wouldn't honestly get rid of them. Like, I wouldn't get rid of them because that would take away the significance of them. But I do hate them. They do hurt my feelings. They make me so insecure and self-conscious. I think the thing for me is my body is already full of stretch marks from growing so fast and a C-section scar. So it's just another part of the roadmap that is my body, really. I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it, though. And I wish that I had that. I I, I wish I had that contentment with it, to be honest with you. The next myth is pregnancy brain is not real. This is false. This is false. This is false. Pregnancy brain is real, it is a thing, and it can be really funny without question, but it can also be really not funny. And if scary shit is happening, you need to talk to your doctor. If you perpetually put the milk in the cereal cabinet and your keys in the silverware drawer, you're fine. Don't worry. 
I've asked. But if you do other scary shit, definitely talk to somebody about it. I actually looked at studies on pregnancy brain when I was in the middle of it because I was curious as to what causes it. And from my understanding, there's like no definitive understanding of it. But my God, is it insane? It's real. I forgot the fucking word for box. (laughs) Did Cinco de Mayo happen when you were pregnant? Shut up. I really was just curious. Hi, Lauren. I didn't even wish you I didn't even wish you a happy Cinco de Mayo this year. I'm really sorry about that. Hi, Lair Bear. The next myth is that you can't have a baby without marrying the father and or quote unquote black file babies and or putting the father on the birth certificate. There's a lot to this that we're honestly not gonna get into this, but hear me say. If you are not married to the father of your child and you do not want to marry the father of your child, you are not required to marry the father of your child. You do not have to do that. That is not obligation. Nobody is going to force you to do that by law. So anything other than the law, you do not have to do that. There is nothing wrong with you or your child if that does not happen. That's really, really important for me to say. Yeah, definitely. Please don't ever feel obligated to the father of your child just because they're the father. My small disclaimer, however, is that of an abuse of power in that situation because I do know people who have abused the power of not putting their child's father on their birth certificate. And this is me saying, do not abuse that power. The only reason that your child's father should not be on their birth certificate is truly if they are not in their life. But if your child has a father and they are present, they do belong on the birth certificate. If they are not present and they are not contributing and they are not in the picture, don't do it. That's totally fine. Judgment free. You don't need to. But if they are actively in the child's life, they belong on the birth certificate. Just be a good fucking human. That's all we're asking. Oh, yeah, definitely. I meant you as a person have no obligation. No, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. But it's important to be said for both directions, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. The next myth that I have is titled, if you didn't put it in there, don't touch. And this is around the fact of, this is my personal additive. Why does everybody think that they have a right to touch my fucking belly? One of my biggest pet peeves while pregnant. Leave me alone. Get the fuck away from me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Except, can we just acknowledge the number of times that Moose and I would have conversations without you? And I would whisper to your belly. And it wasn't creepy to anybody. (laughs) I did not give a single fuck. I still don't. I wanted him to know my voice. And guess what? When he came out, he did. He did know my voice. So mission accomplished. The last myth that I have is that everyone must come see you and the baby at the hospital. This is even pre-COVID. That's a myth. That's absolutely a myth. If you, the mother, decide that you don't want anybody to come visit you in the hospital with your baby, you don't have to fucking do that. And if anybody has a problem with that, they can fucking leave. You are not a parade. You are not a circus animal. You are not a sideshow freak. Everybody is excited to meet your baby. And everybody wants to make sure that you're okay. But you are fully entitled to say no one is allowed to meet me or the baby until we are home. Because I promise the hospital is not the place that that should be happening. Hospitals are not, in my opinion, 
where that should be happening for the entire family. There are people who should be on the list and there are people who should just fucking wait until the baby is home. Yeah, we had a really restricted list and I'm super grateful to the people that listened to it. Everybody that was on the list listened to our request for it. So I'm incredibly grateful to them for doing so. I love that that was your experience. I had the exact opposite experience. In fact, my child's father invited everyone to my hospital room without my knowledge or consent. And while I had just delivered my daughter about two hours before and the nurses were still taking care of my body, his grandparents walked in and took my baby from my arms. So really, hear me say, if you don't want people in your hospital room and they don't listen, you have every right to tell security you want people out of your fucking hospital room. I'm really saying those words. But I'm glad that everybody respected your wishes. I'm glad. No, I'm really glad. I know I was one of them. Do you know how hard it was? It was so fucking hard to wait for you to say I could come to the hospital. And I like was so mad, but so not mad, but also like wanted to be there so bad. (laughs) I was real. So we have covered the whole spectrum of pregnancy. Are you ready to talk about how the baby gets here? Yep. Let's talk about labor. Bum, bum, bum. It's an appropriate noise for this section. I'm excited. This article was called Stages of Labor and Birth. Baby, it's time by Mayo Clinic at mayoclinic.org. Quote, labor is a natural process. Here's what to expect during the three stages of labor and birth and what you can do to promote comfort. Stage un, which is one in French, just so you know. Early labor and active labor. Quote, The first stage of labor and birth occurs when you begin to feel regular contractions, which cause the cervix to open, aka dilate, soften, shorten, and thin, which is also effacement. This allows the baby to move into the birth canal. The first stage is the longest of the three stages. It's actually divided into two phases of its own early labor, which is the latent phase, and active labor. So let's super quick just talk about the difference. During early labor, your cervix dilates and effaces. You'll feel mild, irregular contractions. So I just uh, need everybody to know my special guest notebook says, gross starts here. Gross disclaimer for any squeamish friends. Moving on. Quote, as your labor progresses and your cervix begins to open, you might notice a clear pink or slightly bloody discharge from your vagina. Yep. This is likely the mucus plug that blocks the cervical opening during pregnancy. And it's really fucking disgusting. I just need everybody to know that. How long this lasts? Quote, Early labor is unpredictable. For first-time moms, the average length varies from hours to days. It's often shorter for subsequent deliveries. What you can do in this time. Until your contractions increase in frequency and intensity, it's up to you. For many women, early labor isn't particularly uncomfortable. Try to stay relaxed. To promote comfort during early labor, go for a walk, take a shower or bath, listen to relaxing music, Try breathing or relaxing techniques or change positions. Quote, your healthcare provider will instruct you on when to leave for the hospital or birthing center. If your water breaks or you experience significant vaginal bleeding, call your healthcare provider right away. 
Now let's talk about active labor. Quote, during active labor, your cervix will dilate from six centimeters to 10 centimeters. So I wanted to take a quick sidestep, just real quick, uh, to talk about cervical dilation because I never understand what the centimeters mean and I really wanted to talk about it. I went to preg-u.bloomlife.com. Quote, healthcare providers measure cervical dilations by placing two fingers on either side of the cervix opening and estimate about how far apart the fingers feel. So they then on this website had pictures of the distances, the diameters of these things. So that's what I'm going to explain. We're just going to run through it real quick. But this was crazy to me. So one centimeter equals a Cheerio. Two centimeters is the top of a highlighter, like a lid, the cap of a lid, the cap of a highlighter. Three centimeters equals the size of a silver dollar. Four centimeters equals the diameter of a tablespoon. Five centimeters equals the size of a small lemon. Six centimeters equals a medium-sized garlic. Seven centimeters equals the top of a pickle jar. And then I really have a note on my special guest notebook that says, tell me why I imagine magic hands holding a pickle jar and like doing like dilation exercises on the top of a pickle jar. I'm stuck on why a garlic is bigger than a lemon and the next step up is a pickle jar. (laughs) Okay, but tell me you can't see magic hands doing this. You can. I know you can. Yeah, the I thought the lemon and the garlic was weird too. I'm just gonna bypass that imagery. <laughs> okay. Eight centimeters equals the top of a pint glass. Nine centimeters equals the width of a fruit basket, like the little baskets that like blueberries come in. That's nine centimeters. Okay. Okay. And ten centimeters, are you ready for this? Yes. Is a Mrs. Potato Head. That's how wide This is the most random size chart ever. <laughs> I'm really just saying, I'm really just saying, I needed to know these things. So, dear men and women who have zero concept of what it means to have an orifice on your body stretched to have a Mrs. Potato Head come out of you, you have no right to pass judgment on anybody who has. I just need you to know that. I just need you to know if your dick hole has never opened wide enough to have a Mrs. Potato Head come out of it, keep your fucking mouth shut about my reproductive organs. That's how I feel. Also how I feel. I'm so glad. Back to active labor. Quote, Your contractions will become stronger and closer together and more regular. Your legs might cramp and you may feel nauseated. You might feel your water break, if it hasn't already, and experience increasing pressure in your back. If you haven't headed to labor and delivery facility yet, now's the time. The article continues to say, Don't be surprised if your initial excitement wanes as labor progresses and the pain intensifies. Ask for pain meds or an epidural if you want them. Your healthcare team will partner with you to make the best choices for you and your baby. Remember, You're the only one who can judge your need for relief. How long does active labor last is the next part. Active labor can often last between four to eight hours or more. On average, your cervix will dilate approximately one centimeter per hour. So also let's acknowledge, seriously, 10 hours is not that long, right? That's not even a half of a day. 
it is a long fucking time when you're pregnant and trying to make this happen without question. But in 10 hours for your vagina and cervix to go from the dilation of a Cheerio to that of Mrs. Potato Head is insane. Mm -hmm. What you can do, look to your labor coach and healthcare team for support and encouragement. Try breathing and relaxing techniques to combat your growing discomfort. And just so you know, it's really going to get super discomfortable. Unless you need to be in a specific position to allow for the close monitoring of you and your baby, consider these ways to promote comfort during active labor. Change positions, roll on a large rubber ball or a birthing ball, take a warm shower or bath, take a walk, stopping to breathe throughout contractions, and have a gentle massage between contractions. Dear dads, Please do these things. Please do these things with or for the mother of your child for the love of fucking God. Like no one else there is going to take care of her the way that you should be taking care of her. So please do that shit. If you need to have a C-section, this is usually the part of labor where that's determined unless previously planned or it is an emergency. The last part of active labor is often referred to as quote-unquote transition and can be particularly painful and intense. Contractions will come close together and can last about 60 to 90 seconds. You'll experience pressure in your lower back and rectum. Tell your healthcare provider if you feel the need to push. Quote, if you want to push but you're not fully dilated, your healthcare provider might ask you to hold back. Pushing too soon could make you tired and cause your cervix to swell, which might actually delay delivery. Transition usually lasts about 15 to 60 minutes. Stage 2 of the birth of your baby. It's time. You'll deliver your baby during the second stage of labor. How long this lasts? It can take from a few minutes up to a few hours or more to push your baby out into the world. It might take longer for first-time moms and women who have had an epidural. What you can do. Do you know what you can do? What? To speed it up? Yeah. I can dance if I want to. Do, 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 do. The answer is push. <laughs> push. Your healthcare provider will ask you to bear down during each contraction or tell you when to push. Or you might be asked to push when you feel the need. Quote, when you push, don't hold tension in your face. Bear down and concentrate on pushing where it counts. If possible, experiment with different positions until you find one that feels best. You can push while squatting, sitting, kneeling, or even on your hands and knees. At some point, you may be asked to push more gently or not at all, which is incredibly fucking painful in a different way. Did you, were you asked at any point to not push? Had a C-section. Okay. I was asked at one point to not push and my nurse specifically said to me, do not push or you're having a baby without a doctor. And that was fucking terrifying. Quote, slowing down gives your vaginal tissue some time to stretch rather than tear. Tearing is terrible, just in case anybody's curious. To stay motivated, you might ask to feel the baby's head between your legs or to see it in a mirror. Or, shout out to those moms who then use this time to grab their toy from a hospital bag. LOL. I didn't know that. Is that a thing? You didn't know that was a thing? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Moms do that, actually. Like, that's a very, very normal thing for a woman to masturbate during labor, yeah? Oh, I thought you meant during pushing. Yeah, 
that's what I'm talking about. That's a lot of multitasking happening. I'm dead serious. That's a very real thing. Women do that. Yes. Hmm. It's something about the release of like all of it, all the things. I don't know. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get into it right now. That's not our taboo topic. <laughs> Quote, after your baby's head is delivered, the rest of your baby's body will follow shortly. His or her airway will be cleared if necessary. Your healthcare provider or labor coach will then cut the umbilical cord. Stage three is delivering the placenta. Quote, after your baby is born, you'll likely feel a great sense of relief. You might hold the baby in your arms or abdomen. Cherish the moment, but know a lot still is happening. During the third stage of labor, you will deliver the placenta. It's amazing. I promise it actually is more relieving than delivering your baby in like a physical sense. I'm sorry that you don't have that experience, but like really seriously delivering my placenta was my favorite part of labor. It was it was like, you know, when you have to take a really big shit and it hurts your stomach so bad. And when you finally get to like your stomach just feels better and you feel like you lost a thousand pounds. That's what it feels like delivering a placenta. I'm dead serious. What a beautiful synopsis. <laughs> I mean, the baby's out and the beautiful part's over. Uh, let's just acknowledge that magic hands rolled in a fucking trash can. And, and that's what I saw happening. I'm just saying there's nothing beautiful about this part of labor. How long it lasts. The placenta is typically delivered in 5 to 30 minutes, but the process can last about an hour. What you can do. Relax. By now, your focus has likely shifted to your baby. You might be oblivious to what's going on around you. If you'd like, try breastfeeding your baby. So I have like a small asterisk that says this happened. All of it happened so fast for me specifically, I had no idea that there were actually two deliveries and that they could be so far apart. I knew that there was delivering your baby, but in my experience, Tiny left my body and my placenta was coming very shortly thereafter. Like to the point that Magic Hands legitimately told me that my body was physically made to make babies. He said that shit to me as he's like catching my placenta. And I was like, this is so weird. Why are we talking about this right now? I love you. He's a good man. Agreed. Quote, you'll continue to have mild contractions. They'll be closer together and less painful. You will be asked to push one more time to deliver the placenta. Your healthcare provider will examine the placenta to make sure that it is intact. Any remaining fragments must be removed from the uterus to prevent bleeding and infection. Also, if you want to see it, you totally can, but 0 out of 10 recommend. That's just me. Yeah, hard pass. It actually, honestly, it looks like it looks like intestines. It do, or, or like brain. Like it looks like it looks like a brain unraveled. Like mm -hmm. the whole concept is really cool and really beautiful, but also like really fucking disgusting. Quote your healthcare provider will also determine whether you need stitches or repair any tears of your vaginal region. If you don't have anesthesia, you'll receive an injection of local anesthetic to the area to be stitched. So now what is the last section on this article? And it says, quote, savor this special time with your baby. Your preparation, pain, and effort paid off. Revel in the miracle that is birth. 
the last thing that I want to say is the process of pregnancy described in this episode is that of a sunny day scenario. Our love, light, and hearts go out to families who have experienced or who may experience an outcome other than the one in which we described today. And that, my love, is what I have to say about pregnancy. Yeah, definitely for any of those where yours doesn't follow quite this path, all of our love out to you. And because I did experience a C-section, I just kind of want to call out that particular experience, I guess. Mine was not planned per se. I actually went in the day before Moose was born at six o'clock and I was in labor for, well, I should say I was probably in active labor for 24 hours. It was torturous. Full honesty there. I have a very high pain tolerance, you guys, and holy shit, I thought I was going to break Nick's hands at one point with how hard I was gripping them. This might be due because I got Pitocin to help urge my labor along and help me dilate and everything, but I was experiencing a contraction essentially every two minutes and it was atrocious. But Moose never dropped, so he had to be C-section. And I've talked about my experience before, but essentially I've never had a major surgery. I've had surgeries, but never a major one. And it was totally different experience for me in which I truly thought that I was dying for some reason. And I wasn't. I was completely safe. My anesthesiologist was amazing. My OB was amazing. The entire team was fantastic. Moose was super healthy. Everything clearly turned out perfect. But that's what I meant when I said be flexible about your birth plan because you never know truly what could happen. And I wish that I had looked up C-sections more so I'd understood them prior to my experience with them because maybe it would have made me a little less afraid at that point. I really appreciate you bringing that perspective to it, which is something that I can't speak to because I didn't have a C-section. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And honestly, I would be in that same position if I had to have an emergency C-section of, holy shit, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that entails. Oh, that I just know that that means that you cut me open. Like how fucking scary, right? Like that would be really intense if you weren't prepared for it, especially after having the incredibly traumatic experience of 24-hour labor that you had. I really appreciate your pregnancy and labor story so much. And I don't know if I tell you that enough, but I really do because I really recognize that in true Allie and Celeste fashion, just like everything fucking else that we do, we had completely polar opposite experiences. And you are someone that I really look to as a reminder of how difficult and painful labor and giving birth can be because honestly, not in a bragging way, but I, I just didn't have that. That is such a foreign concept to me. Honestly, Tiny might as well have fucking walked out of my body. She came out like nothing. I was in labor for a while. I was in the hospital for a while, but that's just because I went into the hospital really early. There were some reasons for that, but most of them were just for my safety and her safety more than anything. But when it came time to active labor, she was in and out in 30 minutes. So I just don't know what that's like and I forget sometimes how scary and intense and painful it can really be. So thank you for sharing your perspective on it. I mean, to be fair, pregnancy itself was a cakewalk for me and I know a lot of people don't have that experience. So in that regard, I got off easy aside from the fact that my ankles really were super painful by the end of it. And like really scary. You looked like a balloon 
you were so beautiful, but pregnant, beautiful. But yes, your ankles were like completely gone. Yeah, like all the weight went to moose and my ankles. I have no idea. That was the weirdest distribution ever. Real. Because the rest of you looked exactly the same. The rest of you looked exactly the same. You were so cute pregnant because you literally looked like Allie just with a big beach ball belly. And then you looked down to your ankles and you were like, oh, there it is. But my favorite thing while in the hospital and laboring was the fucking tub was incredible. I could have lived in that tub the entire time I was there, but (laughs) I decided that I did want my family to visit while I was in labor initially in my birth plan. It was that I did not want anybody except Nick and myself there. And then in my moments of where I realized that um, I was very vulnerable, I needed my mom and Nick's parents came and my dad came and like I had to get out of the tub. (laughs) This is essentially what I'm seeing. And although I'm glad everyone was there, I was really pissed about it. (laughs) I'm super glad they were all there. I just wish I could have brought the tub with me. Um, And then shout out to the amazing nurses that I had. All of my nurses were incredible, but one nurse, first off, they didn't want to give me an epidural because I hadn't dilated enough and they, everyone was hoping that I could actually give birth to moose, that like I would truly uh, dilate to the point of where, and he would drop down to the point of where I could give birth to him, air quotes, naturally. Clearly that never happened, but they were holding off on an epidural due to this. And at one point I was in so much pain that she walked in and she said, would you like an epidural? And I said, I thought we had to wait. And she said, no, I think you need one now. I'm going to talk to the doctor. And I got one and it was glorious. I love that news. I love that. Yeah. So shout out to her. I remember the very distinct energy difference between the text message that you sent me before your epidural and the first text message you sent me after you got your epidural. And it was like two completely different people. (laughs) Oh man, it was crazy. And then the other shout out is my nurse that was there for the C-section was nine months pregnant. And hauling my ass around like I weighed nothing. Kudos to her. She was incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. So I have two favorite moments from my labor. The first being I actually showed up during early labor because I didn't know what the signs were. And also I just needed... It was a bad day. It was a really bad day in our house and I needed to get out. So I showed up at the hospital and my nurse actually broke my water, but I had thought that my water broke previous to me getting there because I had dropped my mucus plug and I had started like leaking, but my water wasn't broken, broken. And her name was Crystal. And I remember that she like she was feeling around and she was checking my dilation. And all of a sudden, I just felt this extreme. I just pissed my pants. I just definitely pissed my pants. And I looked up at her and I, and I said, was that my water? And she goes, well, good news. You're not leaving here without a baby. And I said, oh, OK. And that was that. <laughs> That was that was that. And then my other favorite thing about my labor story, actually, this is my favorite. This is my favorite thing about our labor story is uh, we had a special guest during my labor 
which sounds really weird, but uh, when I had been in my OB's office a few months prior, there was a student resident doctor who was doing a residency in OBGYN. And he checked my vitals and I kind of snapped on him and, and I was probably an asshole and whatever. But I really thought nothing of it and he was just doing his residency. And then fast forward, when I get to the hospital because I'm in early labor and my girl Crystal broke my water and now we're not leaving without a baby, this same doctor, residency doctor, was on shift with my peds delivery OB and he had started working with him, that doctor, the night before. Well, I delivered Tiny in the morning the following day. And this doctor, his name is Dr. Matt, he actually asked Magic Hands if he could stay and deliver Tiny because he had seen me and known me from his original first encounter of his residency with OB specifically. And Tiny is the first and only baby that Dr. Matt ever delivered outside of his own children. He ended up moving on to be an orthopedic doctor, so he does not do the baby things, but he delivered her as part of his residency. And I just think that that is such a cool thing and such a cool story. And every year on her birthday, I send him a little email just giving him a shout out and an update on where our girl is. That's awesome. Yeah. And also, shout out to Magic Hands for being fucking amazing and the best OB. And just really, I think we need to just give Magic Hands an extra special moment of love because he is the best OB. Yes, definitely. He wasn't there initially when I first went into labor. And um, he actually wasn't there until like an hour or maybe even a half an hour before my C-section. And then I remember this moment because of his shoes. I don't remember who all was in the room with us, but the the privacy curtain was closed. And all of a sudden, somebody walks in the room, and they have brown dress shoes. And I'm like, who the hell is that? And he peeks around the corner and goes, I hear we're having a C-section. Is it okay with you if I, if I do it? And I was like, yes, please. You are the preferred method. <laughs> yeah, so he's fantastic. My favorite Magic Hands moment is that I woke up the following day, right? Like, okay, so I had Tiny in the morning. She was born at 9.57 a.m. I didn't know this, but the day you have your baby is day zero. The following day is day one. Nobody explained that to me and I didn't know that. So I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning on day one to Magic Hands being like eye level with me as I am asleep in my hospital bed for the few seconds of sleep that I was allowed to have because nobody tells you also when you have a baby they never let you sleep everyone must fuck with you every 10 seconds just so you know Mm -hmm. and he's he's looking at me and I open my eyes and all I see are his teeth his big beautiful Cheshire smile like he just has the most incredible smile and I just see teeth and he's smiling and he's like how are you doing and I was like, am I going home today? And he like shook his head and like looked at me like I was a fucking idiot. And probably he would have said that to me if it were different circumstances. But he was like, no, honey, today is not the day you go home. You just had a baby. And I was like, I know, but I had her yesterday so I can go home now. Right. And he was like, Celeste, no. 
thought about it for a while. Yeah, I'm super grateful that he was my OB as well. So what did you learn here today? That I don't know the difference between skin and hair. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Just never going to forgive myself on that one. Me neither, but that's okay. What did you learn here today? Honestly, I learned about Jenny's. I learned about Jenny's. I did. I learned that. I did. I... (laughs) I can't. I just... I learned a lot, but also I feel like I didn't because I knew a lot of this going into it. But I honestly thought that the animal gestational periods were probably my favorite part because that's just a, a completely different lens. Also, I really appreciate and my other favorite part was hearing you be so open and upfront and transparent with your pregnancy journey and labor journey also like. I know parts of it and pieces of it, but I just really appreciate hearing you talk about it because I know that it was such an intense and traumatic experience for you, which breaks my heart because it shouldn't have been that. It's supposed to be the beautiful thing, right? But it isn't always that. And I just really appreciate that you can talk about it knowing that you still got a beautiful thing out of it, which is our boy. Yeah, 100% worth it. So, dear listeners, we hope you enjoyed the second part in our pregnancy series. If you had anything that you'd like to share with us, maybe some instances of pregnancy brain or any myths that you had believed that turned out to be false, or maybe your pregnancy and labor story, you can reach out to us on our socials. Those are Taboos the Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're Taboos on Facebook. Our Email is taboospodcast at gmail.com, and we have a website. It is taboosthepod.com. We also have a Patreon. It's in our link tree. I'm guessing it should be on our website as well. (laughs) Our beautiful website. Shout out to Allie for that shit. If you want to support what we're doing here, we have a couple different tiers that are excellent and full of super fun things. Also, if you wanted to share us with someone that you think would enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, please do so. That's how we grow, and we appreciate it. We do. We love you, and we appreciate you, and we know that this episode wasn't our typical format, but there's not a lot about pregnancy that's pretty typical, so suck it up. (laughs) And on that note, do you be taboos. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.